The cheese race in the UK is notoriously dangerous. A love drug might soon save your failing marriage. And a hot air balloon crashed into a train. These are the weird stories for Wednesday on Weird AF News. The only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian in a closet. That's right. Thanks for joining me. I have I have three very strange news articles for your perusal. <laughs> for your entertainment. The UK cheese rolling race is very dangerous, and one man has won it 23 times. That's right. The UK cheese rolling race is apparently a thing. They're rolling cheese in the UK while the rest of the world has moved on to TikTok challenges. Let's learn a little bit about this race. Why is it so dangerous? Who is this amazing man who's won it 23 times? This guy obviously loves cheese and sports. His name is Chris Anderson. He has won the Gloucester Cheese Rolling Race 23 total times. And all it cost him was one broken wrist, a bruised kidney, and also a concussion. Wow, these cheese races are seem very physical. Well, they had the cheese rolling race again, and guess who won? Oh, that's right, Chris Anderson took it. He was victorious yet again at this year's infamously dangerous annual event in which participants, get this, launched themselves down a very steep hill in pursuit of a rapidly rolling wheel of double Gloucester cheese. That's right. They chase a cheese wheel. It's a very steep hill. This explains the bruises and whatnot. I imagine people just trip and fall and then roll themselves down the hill and land on their head. Concussions ensue says here, this is Anderson's 23rd win. He came away relatively unscathed compared to previous races. It was also his cheese racing swan song because he plans to not race anymore. He's going to help organize next year's event. Not going to participate again. They asked him why he's not going to participate. This is what he said. Well, I'm just getting too old for it. I've been lucky to get away over the years without really hurting myself. I can't really afford the time off work either. That was my Monty Python peasant accent. And if you know, you know. That was spot on. Now, this race is actually called the Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling. And it is a British tradition dating back to at least 1826. Wow, this has been going on for a couple hundred years nearly. Guys have been chasing cheese over there. Easily amused. (laughs) Chasing cheese wheels for 200 years. All right. Once a year, participants gather at the top of this very steep Cooper's Hill. It's notoriously steep. Nat Geo says it has a gradient of 50%. I'm not sure what that means, but it's probably steep. Okay, then what happens? Well, somebody lobs a cheese wheel down the hill, and then the racers take off after it. Uh, usually tumbling and crashing into each other as they go down. I watched a video of this event. I will post a link to it in the show notes and in the Patreon. Yeah, it's a bunch of white people just rolling down a hill and crashing into one another. It's very silly. (laughs) It's pretty funny, too. I would love to participate in this just for the hell of it. Just You know, weird sports, man. I'm all about it. Okay, as you can imagine, here's how it works. The first person to get to the cheese wins, which in practical terms means the first person to make it to the bottom of the hill wins. 
We have another quote from Chris, our expert and reigning champ. He says, it's not really realistically possible to catch the cheese, although everybody tries. The wheel can reach speeds as high as 130 kilometers per hour. Wow, that's a very fast rolling cheese. Yeah, you're not going to catch that. The last officially sanctioned race happened in 2008. The following year, the town canceled it over safety concerns. But in 2010, a group of volunteers decided to organize their own cheese rolling race. Uh, now they've put on the race every year since, except for 2020 and 21 because of the pandemic. Uh, Chris Anderson says, It's one of those crazy British traditions, you know? Like smoking cigarettes for breakfast, you know? Chris has been racing after the cheese since he was a teenager. He says he's won every race he's participated in, except the very first one in which he came in second. This guy's an expert. I wonder if he has like a practice hill and just, yeah, just practices weeks upon weeks chasing wheels that his mother rolls down the hill. <laughs> I just, I like to imagine that in my mind. Another quote from Chris. My brothers and my friends, we used to go up there when we were younger and chuck each other down there. So I had a little bit of experience going downhill, let's say. Because <laughs> you were abused, sir. That's what. It's a dangerous game, even for a seasoned pro. In 2005, Chris broke his ankle. In 2001, he bruised his kidneys. In 2007, he hit his head on a rock and blacked out. <laughs> he says, but I still won. <laughs> Literally, I came across the finish line unconscious, but I still won, right? I got this lump in my head, metal plates, but it's worth it when you get to the cheese at the bottom. They let you have a nibble off the wheel. That's pretty cool. Now, it doesn't say what you win if you win the cheese race. There's a photo here of Chris and his three kids, though. They, they're holding the cheese wheel, so perhaps you just walk away with bragging rights and a dirty cheese wheel that you can then nibble on all night with your family. As you ice your concussion and tend to your whiplash. A love drug that could save your relationship might soon be available. A new drug that could help save failing marriages might be available in three to five years, according to an Oxford University professor named Anna Matchin. The doctor is an evolutionary anthropologist at Oxford University. Oh, ho, ho, ho. yes, she is. Evolutionary anthropologist. Yes, yes, yes. She spoke at the Cheltenham Science Festival fairly recently. She said that there are four chemicals in the human brain that explain why we feel love. Yes, I'm looking at this list. We are familiar with some of these. There's dopamine, serotonin, beta endorphin, and oxytocin. Some of these are prescribed. Some of these you can buy at Burning Man, I think. <laughs> I think I've tried these and made some pretty bad decisions long term. But in the short term, good times, baby, good times. Now, I'm going to guess this is a bad idea to take such chemicals to keep your horrible relationship intact. But what do I know? Let's learn a little bit more about this. I'm not a doctor after all. I didn't go to Oxford. <laughs> now, the doctor said that there is now enough known about brain chemistry that certain chemicals could be prescribed to enhance your abilities to find love or to increase the possibility that you will stay in love when it is getting a little bit tricky. I thought we had this already out there in the culture. It's called MDMA and GHB. These are, these, do you guys know what these are? Have you, have you tried these? I don't recommend finding long-term love on Molly. 
or ecstasy. Yeah. I mean, let me tell you something. I fell in love with a beanbag on MDMA. So that tells you what's going on there. I was, uh, I was with the beanbag all night. Me and that beanbag. <sighs> I've been really trying, baby. Trying to hold back these feelings for so long. <laughs> yeah, I got it on with a beanbag. Why not? That's what those drugs are for. Not to, I don't know, walk down the aisle. I, I don't think. That's my opinion. Let's, let's learn some more, though. I, like I said, I'm not a doctor from Oxford University. <laughs> I'm not, baby. I'm not. The doctor says that one of the frontiers of love research commercially is in exploring possible new drugs. There's lots of ethical questions about love drugs, of course, but they are on the horizon. There is research going into them. She added, love drugs used in couples therapy could be available in three to five years. It's, I mean, these love drugs are available now, and you can, you can get with your significant other and take them in your home and see if that makes things better. In my opinion, tough, tough sell for long-term problem-solving decisions in your relationship. But maybe, who knows? Who knows? Now, the doctor says you could take some of these before you go on a date, for instance. Oxytocin makes you more confident and can help you fall in love. She said it's like having a glass of Prosecco before a night out for giving you a little boost of confidence. She said that could be available within a decade for people to just to squirt up their nose before they go out on a Saturday night. <laughs> Come on, really? Just squirt oxytocin up my nose? <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'd try it. She says that some of these chemicals could be used during a breakup as well, such as beta-endorphin, which is an opiate. It is produced by your body, and just like heroin, it is addictive. Uh, well, well, I mean, <laughs> way to sell it, Doc. It's just like heroin. It's perfect for a breakup. Okay, okay. <laughs> she says uh, the reason why when you get dumped you feel awful is because you're going into opiate withdrawal. Really? She says, obviously, if you're dumped, you don't get a slow withdrawal. That is why it is very physiologically and psychologically painful when a relationship ends in that way. You go from existing at quite a nice high level of all these lovely neurochemicals, and suddenly it's all gone. You've gone, you've gone off it. Full cold turkey. Those chemicals disappear. That's why being dumped is so painful. It's like your heart is actually breaking. Well, I guess in situations like that you can prescribe somebody these chemicals to help them through but there's an underlying issue going on here which is that people are way too codependent they jump into these codependent relationships without questioning the behavior it's not their fault i mean i guess i'm speaking for my own culture i see it quite a bit it's that is an underlying issue that needs to be addressed and it's hard because a lot of us don't feel good about ourselves so then we get with another human being who also doesn't fundamentally feel good about themselves and then they create this codependent situation where they they really only feel okay when they're receiving attention, affection, and love from that other person. Uh, you know, there's many examples of this in you know people you know. You know, you know those couples that disappear? It's those people. You know, they get into a relationship and you don't see them anymore. Like I've lost a lot of friends to such relationships. I've been in relationships like that myself when I was younger as well. And it's not healthy. And so that's the underlying problem that needs to be addressed. I don't think giving people, 
chemicals to, you know, these are short-term solutions. They, they don't really do it. There's an underlying thing here, and it's that we don't feel great about ourselves. That's why we take drugs anyways. Alcohol, addiction, this all comes from, we have a hole in our chest, and we're like, let me fill it. I'm going to fill it with food. I'm going to fill it with endorphins. I'm going to fill it with sex. I'm going to fill it with you, this other person that I found that I love your eyes. I'm going to fill it with uh, workouts. Yeah, I'm going to go to the gym for three hours a day. Fill it with that. Fill it with video games. We want to fill it with something. That's the underlying problem. And until you address that, none of these drugs are really going to fix it. That's just my opinion. But then again, I'm not a doctor from Oxford. <laughs> I'm not, baby. I'm not. I'm just a, I'm just a comedian in a closet. <laughs> That's right. A hot air balloon crashed into a train, injuring people. That's right. A hot air balloon crashed into a train. It's one of the strangest accident-related titles I've ever seen since I've been doing Weird AF News. I normally won't do just a straight-up accident. But when a hot air balloon crashes into a train, I think we need to talk about that. How does that even happen? (laughs) So this is in Wisconsin. A hot air balloon crashed into a train in Burlington, Wisconsin, sending three people to the hospital with severe injuries, as you can imagine. Now, let's play a game. Now, the three people that were sent to the hospital with severe injuries, do you think they were in the hot air balloon or in the train? Hmm, that's a tough one, guys. Oh, jeez. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say they were in the hot air balloon basket. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> and that the people in the train probably didn't even know that they were struck by a hot air balloon at the end of the day. That's my guess. But, you know, I'm not a hot air balloon expert let's get some information about burlington wisconsin while we're at it never heard of this place i heard of burlington vermont well burlington is a city in racine county it's got a population of about ten thousand. the hotels are three star averaging 392 dollars. can you imagine spending 392 dollars a night to stay in burlington wisconsin this dangerous place where hot air balloons are just pummeling from the sky pummeling I think that's the wrong word. I meant to say plummeting. Pumicing. They're pumicing from the sky, you know? If, I guess if you get hit with a hot air balloon in the right place, it could just, it, it could act as a pumice for your skin. <laughs> oh, your skin's looking glowing. What happened? Oh, I was rubbed up against by a hot air balloon. Doesn't it look nice? Okay, I'm out of my mind. Back to the cockamamie story in hand. The crash happened at about 8.15 p.m. when the balloon ran into a northbound Canadian national train. It's unclear what caused the collision, but witnesses said the balloon was in distress before the crash. One witness said the balloon bounced off a building and then hit the train. (laughs) Wow, bounced off a building too. Ah, this is frightening. This is why I'll never get into a hot air balloon. You can't pay me enough for this. And I'm not jumping out of a plane either. These people jumping out of planes? I know it's a thing. I see it on the dating apps. Can we just take a moment to address that, by the way? If you're, you have a dating profile, don't put as one of the pictures you skydiving. It is the most unflattering photo that you have of yourself. I know it, show, it shows that you're adventurous, and that's great. We all like that, but you don't need to show this. You're, first of all, all your skin is pressing up. I can't, you know, it's just so unflattering. Remove that from your dating profile is what I'm saying. 
Also, that photo of you in the hot air balloon bouncing off the building and then hitting a train, not too flattering either. Take that, take that one down. Okay, two of the balloon's three occupants were flown to a hospital. The third person was taken, to the, uh, was taken by ambulance. Very serious. The Burlington Police Department is investigating the incident along with the National Traffic Safety Board, the Federal Aviation Administration, and the Canadian National and Wisconsin State Patrol. Wow, everybody's investigating this this hot air balloon. I'm just going to say we can chalk it up to some crazy wind. What about that, huh? A little bit of wind? Yeah. Perhaps we could blame the train on this. If the train could have just got out of the way, none of this would happen. (laughs) How bizarre, though. Can you think of a more strange... Collision between two random, what would you call them, vehicles? feels strange to call a hot air balloon a vehicle, but I guess it is. Like uh, a helicopter crashing into a submarine? That'd be pretty odd, wouldn't it? A drone crashing into a ski lift? That'd be pretty crazy. A car crashing into a space shuttle? I'm trying to... Can you think of a a better one? Something more strange? A hovercraft smashing into, uh, I don't know, a subway? (laughs) A subway. A subway car. Okay, all right. I'm just trying to have some fun in my brain here. Oxytocin, man. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Weird AF News this week. I appreciate your time. I'll keep the outro brief. Uh... If you would like to support the show, I would so appreciate it. Uh, you don't have to you know, donate anything. If you just would share it with someone or share it on social media, I would so, so appreciate that. Trying to get the word out there about Weird AF News. I think the world needs Weird AF News at this moment. Uh, there's so much going on that's a bit debilitating in the mainstream news. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, so share the show with someone. Suggest it to a friend, a relative, or a cellmate, whatever you're into. Someone in the middle of your orgy. Yeah, tell them about Weird AF News. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. If you'd like to follow me on the social on the social medias that we have out there, I'm not on all of them, just a few. I'm, I'm very busy on the Instagram, at Funny Jones. That's probably the best place. But also on Twitter as well, at Funny Jones. That's another place. If you want to call the show, we accept that. 646-450-2012. I like to hear from my listeners. And then my email is funnyjones at gmail.com. All right. Well, I hope you have a nice uh, evening or breakfast, whatever it is you're doing.